Hello and welcome back to the What the Fork Sunland Review podcast. I wasn't entirely sure I fancied doing it after this weekend's result, but after a few hours coming back in the car, I feel a, a little more balanced and a little bit more ready to discuss what has been obviously a tough day at the stadium, right? If you're a Sunland fan, um, as I'm sure you know, it was a terrific first half performance from Sunland and accounted for zero because basically. Burnley uh, overturned a 2-0 deficit to beat Tony Mowbray's side by four goals to two. And Ross is in the midst of having a night out. And I think Dave is also in the midst of still driving back to the deep, dark south. So it's just two of us, um, which I'm sure you'll be pleased to know, but some would say it is the best. Uh, joining me tonight is, of course, Brad Sharp. Brad, how are you doing? You okay? Yeah, I'm a bad mate. Um, it is a few hours late. And I'm still in a bit of disbelief to what happened in that second half. Um, well, as people think, seen on Twitter, my day was all about Archie and he enjoyed it. So I'll stick with that positive for me. Funny, I've got um, I've got first thing here, so I'll get into the game. But obviously, first and foremost, proud dad day. I think people would have seen on Twitter if they haven't. Obviously, the, the little man, Archie, was um, mascot for the first time today. How was, how was his experience, mate? How was it? Oh, I loved it. Um, got to kick him out on the pitch for a little bit and then went in when the players were getting kitted up. Um, talked to them all, targeted Luke 09 straight away and said, I want to walk out with you. <laughs> and Luke said, oh, you can if I play. And I was like, we've got no more centre-halves, Luke. Oh, you're going to be playing. Um, and yeah, Luke was great with them when he came out. And it's just something that will live with me forever. Something I never got to do, but living a dream through my kid. I was going to say, did he... Because obviously we noticed from where we were sitting, he went on with 09 and obviously that's his favourite player is... People might not be aware of, obviously, but um, how was Luke with him? Because he seemed to be like telling the clap and wave, and it, it was just—it was quite nice to see. Because obviously, we all know Archie. I know people listening maybe don't, but it was—it was quite nice because Luke just is a good bloke, isn't he? Yeah, um, Archie said he was a bit nervous in the tunnel to Luke. Luke, and I, I'm always nervous, so it doesn't matter. Kept his arm on him, pointed where I was stood when I came out, and then pointed to a few others. And he was telling to applaud the crowd and he just kept his hand on him to make sure he was sound. Luke was just great with him all day. Couldn't thank him enough. That's brilliant. Always good to hear. <laughs> Most positive part of the day, unfortunately for us. But um, <laughs> I, I think, obviously, onto the game itself, Brad, obviously, we're, we're five or so hours after um, full-time, give or take. The obvious question, because we've tripped away a two-goal lead and, and we'll get into the semantics of it, but um, how are you feeling sort of five hours afterwards? Because you I suppose you have a bit more time to have some balance, don't you, after the kind of anger of the first hour or so, after five hours later, you start to have a bit more balance, but that one stung a bit today for me. I still can't wrap my head around it, mate. Um, we've had plenty this season, uh, games where you've sent, oh, it's, a, it's a proper game of two halves, but that today was the best of Sunderland and the worst that we've seen. I, I just, I can't understand how they've went from completely dictating the play and I'm actually thinking Burnley don't even look good here and every time they are trying to string it about, the press was outstanding. We just didn't give them a, a, a minute and the amount of times that had to come back to the keeper, we were, we were forcing them into er, uh, errors all the time and I thought, this is, it just, it, it, surely it can, we can't fuck this one up. Um and then five minutes after half time, you know for a fact Vincent Company's going to get into them. All you need to say is, them is keep switched on for the first 10 minutes, frustrate them. Um, and we haven't done that once again. We've conceded from a set player. And it was, he's probably the smallest man in the box who's got his head on it. And that's so frustrating. Um, 
yeah, five hours later. I mean, if we recorded this like we've done the other week, straight after, I'd have been absolutely seething. Just at the minute, I, I, it's just, I'm just a bit disappointed, to be honest. Yeah, and, and I think hmm, maybe I'm being really harsh here. And because um, I think as some people said online, I was having a bit of a meltdown. I just want to guarantee, hopefully, you can hear it in my voice, and hopefully, people who do listen to this know I'm. I try to be a bit more balanced. Um, I think it's just facts. I think what the season, I've been really positive, but I felt it could have been so much more positive if we're just, of things that were within our control had happened. Um, but today, like the game itself, I think what got to me a bit was I knew Burnley would come out and have a bit of a go at us. Like Burnley were never going to be as bad as they were first half, as good as we were. But I just felt like it, maybe the third one, but even the the action of play beforehand, I don't think any of those goals were like made of Burnley just being really good. Like, and and I felt like, I mean, for me, I know he was all right first half. I actually thought it was really good first half, to be honest. And we'll get on to how good the first half performance was because I don't want to forget about it because it was very good. Um, but for me, try Hume when he puts in that tackle, put the boy in the stand. Like, if he thunders into that tackle, you're lifting the crowd again Um, after we've just conceded. The first one, there's a lad that gets free header in the box. Um, There's something that's annoying me a little bit about the set piece of saying that we'll, we'll come on to in a bit. Um, But the fourth goal's a mistake. I guess you could say we're chasing it a bit and I don't necessarily know whether the ball to bar to Daniel was particularly good, but there's a few times Daniel's turned himself into trouble on the edge of his box and it's cost us twice. Um, I don't want to be too harsh on Daniel. I thought he was all right today, but um, what I'm trying to get at was all the goals that weren't. There was a lot of people being like, oh, well, Burnley were great second half and, you know, look where they are and stuff like that. But I don't know what, I kind of want our standards to be higher because I think the team has shown they can compete with anyone in this division. Um, I maybe... Today's second half was, you could say, well, we didn't compete for 19, we didn't, but I don't want to be like going against Burnley and going like, oh, well, you know, they're just a class above. I think we've got enough in this team to kind of show that we we can compete with teams like that. And and um, the individual errors were what really killed us. Um, as much play as Burnley had and as much as they came out second half looking to get a win, take out those individual errors that we made. Somebody marks a lad on the corner Daniel doesn't give the ball away. Try Hume puts the boy in the stand. There's 2-1. Um, maybe that's a bit too simplistic, but I think it was the individual errors that annoyed me because they were so switched on first half. But but Brad, I, I do want to talk about positives because there is positives here and I'm not that downbeat. I'm really not. Like, um, it might be different in a few weeks if we still haven't pulled the win out of the bag. Um, but like, I'm not even going to think about that yet. That, there's time to come, I suppose. But the first half was... Maybe not the best we've seen this season, but it was definitely up there. Like, like, how good was that first forty-five? Yeah, like I said, I thought I thought we were excellent first half. Um, the the thing that impressed me the most is we knew they knew Burnley, and we knew that we were going to have a lot of the ball, but we weren't allowing them time with it, and then we were just forcing them into errors. The press was brilliant. Um, I dare say out the first half, that's probably Ahmad's best game for us. I thought he was excellent. Um, he was getting in good areas. He's not the biggest lad, but he was always at least making a nuisance, a nuisance of himself if the ball was coming long. 
Um, and it's two very good goals. First one's really well worked, and the second one's a great hit from Dan Neil. Um, but it's hard, like you say, we want to stay like a little bit more upbeat. I, I still struggle because the second half is where we capitulated. I'm struggling to wrap my head around what what has happened at half time for them to come out like that. Um, but yeah, first half, mate. I, I mean. Corey Evans was excellent at recycling the play. Or if they were trying to push the ball through the middle, he was always on their number 10, you would say, or maybe he's just like the eight. And he was just nicking the ball back off and putting some good tackles in. And it just seemed that the team were working as one. But the second mm-hmm. half, it just seemed like there were so many individual performances out there. I'll tell you what it is, right? I can't sit here now and say which player had a really bad game. Usually, if you get beat, you say, oh, he was shit, he was shit, he was shit. I just think as a collective, they just didn't play as a team second half, and it's cost them. It was... I just... You know what I mean? I, I said first half, I turned around to the lad next to us, and I says, you know what it is? I says, the older I'm getting with football, I can tell which team's going to win a game by who wins all your, your second balls and all your just balls. And we were winning every second ball. I thought Embleton was excellent first half. And I don't just mean offensively, because obviously you had a hand in the second goal. I thought defensively, he was really good. He just, he was nicking the ball at the right time, giving it to the right people. And I just was like, you know, this team is picking up all of these balls. The, the second balls, it's it's the first to every ball. And when Burnley are having the ball, they're just, as you said, not giving them time. And then second half, it was almost the opposite. Um, and that's when the individual errors start creeping in. And I don't know if their heads maybe dropped when the first goal went in. I know there is a feeling in the stadium because you go and don't concede in the first five or ten. And then you concede and you go, oh, no. Because fans just do that. And I know that you don't want to do that. And I know it can have a negative effect. But you cannot help it. You cannot help it when you go, oh, please don't concede just before half-time or please don't concede just after half-time. Because 2-0 is such a dodgy scoreline. And then when you concede, but then... Ugh, I mean, I do want to concentrate on the first half of it because it was such a positive 45 minutes. Um, but it's funny. Someone said on the way out, they went, oh, you know, I'd rather just get Nick one out in that game than go 2-0 up and then just get battered second half. And I guess it's weird in a way because we've had a brilliant first 45 and a hunk in second 45. But it still would be technically better than like a, a really average 90 and still losing. doesn't really matter. But I think it's the way we lost it, not the fact that we did lose it because I do think Burnley are a good side, to be fair. But it's those individual errors that we made. And I think, you know, it's testament to the lads as well, a lot of it. Um that they've set such high standards this season and set such high standards for a decent amount of time now, dare I say, since uh, Alex Neal came in, in many ways, they've, they've set a standard that we expect. I wouldn't say we expect more from them. I think they expect more from themselves. Like, as good as that first 45 was, I've got full belief that this side can do that, even without strikers, because I think we're a good side. I do think we're a good side. Um and I think that's what disappoints me so much that when I go, oh, why do you do that? What do you do that for? Oh, no. <laughs> like, like uh, you can hear the disappointment in me and maybe I haven't chilled out en- enough with it. But um, I think just before we do leave that first half, obviously, 
Embo for me was terrific. He was excellent. Um, I'd say Trihune was excellent, but I thought he was a horrendous second half, if I'm honest with you. I thought Dennis Serkin was poor all game, if I'm completely blunt. Um, but the first half had a lot of good performances. Who, who impressed you from that first 45 the most? Um, I think we've mentioned the three, I would say Ahmad, um, Embleton, and yeah, first half, Trey Hume. I, I thought he was good. He really was. He was overlapping. He was linking play up well. Um, and I'm sure we'll listen to the podcast that has Bowers on. He'll give him a five, his usual five, because second half he was he was diabolical. Um, yeah, I mean that they 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 were my three first half. Um, because Embleton was everywhere. Ahmad was dangerous every time he got the ball. Um, and I say Try Hume played well behind Ahmad. They were my three first staff. And to be honest, I think as a collective, they all just sort of dipped. But it wasn't like if, if we'd have dipped like that against another team, I don't think it would have been as bad. But they yeah. have got quality, like I said, that their goals were avoidable. But look, the third one's an absolute peach. You could say from if you flip it, their fourth goal, yes. I know it's a horrendous ball from Bar to Dan Neal. But they've done what we were doing first half. They've got on the press, but high up. And they've nicked it. And if that does, we say that's a great goal. That's a, that's a great bit of forward play. Um. So, yeah, let's leave the positives. Let's go on to the second half because that's that's all I can think about with the minute. <laughs> that's the thing. I'm, like, I'm trying to speak about the first half and talk about the positive and then go... Oh, but <laughs> and and that's just the way it is. It's not it's not negativity. I think um you you'll know when I'm negative. Um you'll know when I'm having a meltdown. Trust us, I've had real life ones. Um this is not me having a meltdown. It just there's concern because the league is so tight. Um and I know some people have said, but we're only five points off six, but our form doesn't dictate that we're gonna get those five points and suddenly jump in the sixth, like at the moment. I hope we do. Pray that we do. And have I got confidence that this team could do that and put egg on me face? Absolutely. Of course I do. But results are what matter at the moment. Um, performances maybe need to be less important than, than, than results for me at the minute. Um, Diallo, I've liked him since he's come in. Um, I thought he took his goal quite well, if I'm honest. I thought he got in a good position. I thought he looked very dangerous. I really like how hard he works. I didn't expect that. I, I expected a bit of a show pony, and I saw a bit of that when I used to watch him when he was at Rangers, but um, he worked really hard, and I like that. Lo and behold, I think a few people have seen him coming out today out the stadium with a, a um, protective boot on. Obviously, that could just be precautionary. Like I'm not a medical person, so I don't know. But if that is a bad one or, or one that could put them out for a few weeks, we're really getting down to the bare bones, especially with Roberts out today. We don't know how long that's going to be. Hopefully it's just a one-week thing, but we've got no strikers. Roberts, Diallo potentially out, unless he's out for four weeks. Um, I, I don't like using excuses in any way, shape, size or form, but but we're going to have to start dealing with these injuries. How How do we deal with them? We just plot on for the next four minutes, then we get a break. Um, I did speak to Lyndon and Patrick when Archie was coming off the pitch and just said, how long are you used to back? Gooch said, I'll be fit next week. Um, and Patrick said, it's just for this game. So 
I, I don't imagine Patrick will be out too long. Um, I just think this is one of them. He's just picked up a little knocking train. Don't risk him. But it is alarming if these knocks, if, if, if especially if the World Cup wasn't coming. I mean, we've slated the World Cup being placed when it is, but I don't think it could come at a better time for us now. I'm so grateful that Qatar got the World Cup. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 it is worrying because the depth we've got is just kids. And if we start losing games to the point where we're going to be looking over our shoulder, these kids are going to be untested with this extra pressure on them. Whereas if you have a few experienced heads, a few more experienced heads, they could be prepared. They, they know what it's all about in English football. My worry is that this form doesn't improve and by the the World Cup break comes around, we could be like a point, two points away from the bottom four as opposed to what we were doing out there about two weeks ago, three weeks ago from the, near the top. And now I know signing the experienced players doesn't fit the model, but if that's the state of where we're going to be coming out of the World Cup break into the January window, that model needs to change because the speakman's now seen that we haven't got the depth, we haven't got extra strikers, we've had a couple of injuries to key centre-halves and our most experienced centre-half, or one of, can't even get a look in. And I, I can't understand that. Um, so, yeah, the injuries are quite, quite concerning. I'm just thankful I, I know that. Gucci said he'll be back next week and, and Patrick Roberts said he should be all right for next week as well. So, touch wood, nothing happens in training this week. Two, two things on that with them. Um, you mentioned there, I, I wrote these down as a discussion point. Um, Mowbray was discussing, but he said, we all know the problems that we're having with set pieces. Um, and he kind of made an indication that we have to just try and deal with it until we get our, essentially, our tall players back, which you mentioned. Um, I know he's not a brooding, massive six foot four bloke, but one of the best defenders, in my opinion, at the club is sitting on the bench. Um, and Bailey Wright, and, and he's missing again. And for me, she's going to change everything. But if we're struggling on corners, I kind of like Bailey Wright to be there both offensively and defensively, because for, for me, you could have played your back three today. Um, you could have played Luke on the left. You could have put Bailey right on the right. Bailey can put a ball in. He's not necessarily that slow getting forward. He put some nice balls in last season when he's playing on the, the right-hand side of the three. You could put Bart in the middle, and you could release circling into your, your left wing-back position. You know, unless he's out, so there's a space there. But I don't quite understand the idea of we're struggling on set pieces and, and yet Bailey Wright, who's probably one of our strongest at getting rid of the ball, kind of get a look in. What, what, I, I, I don't understand what's going on with Bailey Wright at the moment, Brad. Am I, am I missing something? No, I, I'm completely agreeing with you on that one. That's one thing I think Mowbray got really wrong today. Even if he wanted to stay to a back four, give it a little bit more tight at the back, why not put right Along back, alongside Barton, put Linda, uh, put Luke at right back. He's 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 played at right back. He played second half against Wigan at right back, and we played really well. But he's chucked in Trey Hume, who again might have a lot of promise going forward. But that's effectively his first game, apart from a couple of cameos. 
That's his first start against one of the better teams in this league. It happened last season with Alex Neal. He threw him on for the Rotherham game and that, that backfired pretty much because he was honking then. Um, I'd have had Luke at right back and I'd have had Bailey at centre-half, to be honest, because then your entire back four are good in the air and they're strong. I think as well, like when did we last have a clean sheet? And and I I can't criticize Luke or um, Danny Barr. I I think in my mind they've both been decent, but I kind of. Uh, but I mean, two against Blackburn. I know that's <laughs> the first one's a good strike, then it was a penalty beforehand, and the second one's offside. So okay, but we're not keeping many clean sheets. We conceded four today. Conceded one against Wigan last week. Um, and we were really poor for 45 minutes against Wigan. It was like the opposite of this week, really, the Wigan game. Um, we conceded two at Swansea in the first half. We're conceding goals. Um, and Bailey Wright's just sort of sat on the bench. Um, I don't think it's the answer to all of our problems, bringing Bailey Wright in. I don't think it's going to fix everything. But I think, it's, I think we need to start looking at him now because he was tremendous in the... Back in the last season, he was tremendous in the, in the playoff run. And for me, I just feel a bit safer with him there at the minute Um, on corners. I think there's someone that's going to... Because Danny, don't get me wrong, not that I don't like Danny Watt. I love him. I think he's been probably our, one of our best players of the season, if not the, the best. But he, he can't do it on his own. And I think Bailey would help him with that. I, 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 would you put Bailey back in? 100%. You've got to think, like you just touched on the end of last season, then we formed a cracking partnership and a run where we didn't lose. Oh, lost one in however however many it was towards the end, 15, 16 games. Um, it's just, I, I can't get my head around it. He's meant to be going to a World Cup in four or five games' time. Uh, he's got some of what he needs to prove to his national coach that he should be there. And at the minute, he's not even getting a look in. And we've got a defender crisis. Now, I, I understand, naturally, he, was, he should be there as a a backup to Danny Bart, which is fine. I think he understands that. But when he's seeing the rest of the team dropping like flies in his position, he's not getting a look in. What What's that doing to him? I mean, how old is he? Coming on 30? Just over 30? He's into that just knocking past his prime years. He wants to be playing as much as possible. Now, he's got to be knocking on the gaffer's door and saying, look, We've lost, we've won one in the last eight and we've, we're, we're starting to ship a few goals. What have I got to do to get a look in? Because I, I don't think there's one Sunderland fan that would say no to having Bailey White in the side. If, it do, if, if, if he comes in as a stinker and it doesn't work, fine. But with him not in the side, we're asking a lot of what ifs. And it's, it, I don't know what's happening. Because we were touching on at the end of last season in the pre, pre-season pod, who would we like? Who, who do we need to retain? And we said Bailey White was the top of the list for us for this league out of the players that were out of contract. We we kept him and he's just not not playing at all. And I can't get my head around it, Matt. I think one big thing with Bailey as well is he's 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 a leader, he's captain the club loads of times. And um, I'd have liked someone that wasn't just a young boy that pressures on your shoulders. Uh, you know, going back to the the auctions we've got. Um, 
I think these young boys are all right. I, I've liked what I've seen them. I think I, I like when Benetti comes on. I, I kind of think he looks very raw, but I, there's something to work with. Um, I've been really impressed with Barr when he comes on. There's a lot of these players that you know we have brought in that I'm, I'm really impressed by, and I want them to have the freedom to play the way they want to play. I don't want results to go... We've seen today, sometimes it can be a bit naive, and I think that's been kind with the second-half performance. I want, I want them to be able to play with that freedom still that they've played with the majority of the season. I don't want them to have to start worrying about like crunch games against Huddersfield on a Tuesday night because... I don't know. It's not, as you said before, they haven't had that experience. And I just think having someone like a Bailey Wright on the pitch would also help these young boys in games in general. Just a, a real leader. You can see he's, he's really liked around the club. But I think ultimately, very good defender. Um, in my personal opinion, he's been on form for well over a year for Sunderland um, and hasn't had luck in this year and we're conceding goals. But... By the by, I, I also thought we really missed Roberts today. Um, I think we really miss Stewart slash Ando Sims. We definitely miss Ross Stewart, but I think what would have been a nice outlet today was maybe when we were getting bombarded a bit just before the second goal, when it was just like coming in all the time and we had no outlet, giving it someone like Roberts to just run with the ball, um, just to carry it a bit because he does carry it really well. Um I think he carries it better than Jack Clark. Um, I think Jack Clark carries it a little bit too much sometimes, as much as I think he's been really good this season. Um, but but home form, Brad, there is reasons behind it. There is definitely a bit of nuance you can have through it. And I raised this point on um, Twitter. I should never raise any points on Twitter because Twitter's got far too many opinions. But um, it's two wins and eight at home. Is that a concern for you or or looking at the teams that we've played at home? Is it less of a concern? Because to be fair, someone raised this point back to me and it was it was a fair point. If you look at the championship table, sort of the home games that we've had in terms of who we're coming up against and stuff like that and, and where we've got results. Yes, we only got a win against Wigan and Rotherham, which were the teams that we've come up against. But looking at the top six with QPR at top, we've got a point from that, Burnley a third. Norwich is sixth. We got beat off Norwich. Um, Preston at tenth, and then you've got Rotherham in eleventh, who was one of the teams that we beat. Um, we haven't really played many of the bottom twelve at home. Like we've played Coventry, who were uh, third bottom. We've played Wigan, who we beat, who were nineteenth. Played Blackpool, who were eighteenth. Uh, got a draw with them. No one else we've actually played at home. So is the home form a concern based on just the two wins and eight, or do you think that there's more of a point that we've actually played a lot of good teams at home, so maybe that balances out and makes a bit more sense? Mm, it would be more of a concern if we were losing more than we were at home, but we've picked up quite a few draws. Was it two wins, two defeats, four draws? A few of them draws were defeats, yeah. It would be a big concern, but at the minute, no. Um, I think that the lads will turn it round at home, especially. I mean, our away form has been, until the last couple of games, has been brilliant. Um, I just think we're having a little bit of a lull. We knew it was coming because, like you've touched on, the striker issue. And 
like like you also touched on not having Patrick Roberts as one outlet. But if you have Roberts and or uh, Stewart or Sims, you've got two outlets there. You've got Roberts who could run up with the ball and take some pressure off us. Or you can just shell a ball up to Ross Stewart and Ellis Sims, who will just shield it or at least chase it down. Gives you something else. But today we had you could just see and we were playing it short. There was no sort of outlet. Luke just kept, had all of the ball for a bit and then he gave it to Danny Bard. There was just nothing for them to go to. Um, no, I, I'm not worried about the home form yet. Um, I think once we get to January, it'll, it'll start to tell. I think usually we say, is it 10 to 12, 15 games? Then the seasons, the, the teams start sort of levelling out where they're going to be. This league's crazy this year. I think it's going to take until about January till everyone's played each other once before we even have any idea where people are going to be. Um, but we do need to start picking up points at home and, and quickly. But at this moment of speaking, I, I, I'm not overly concerned, shall I say. I feel like I'm right in the middle. And I feel like that's a difficult place to be because um, you don't want to get overly positive. But if you get negative, you feel like you're dragging yourself into this place where you don't know if you really need to be it because home's been all right. And up until today, I don't I don't think there's any game that's like took the stuffing out of me. I was at Borough and I was like, ugh, well, there's reasons for that. QBR was like, ugh, that's frustrating. Um, Today, not the stuffing out of me a little bit. And I started going, hmm. We're only four points off the relegation, and I don't know we're only five points off the top six. I, I get that, but I just felt the form. I was looking downwards, and it's the first time I've done that. Bit of a shame. Um, I'm quite reluctant to criticise Tony Mowbray because I've actually liked him a lot. Um, I think I preferred Alex Neil. Dare I say it? Um, but I think Tony Mowbray has done a, a. a a decent enough job with the cards that he's been dealt. And at points, we've even looked like a more attractive team than the team that Alex Neal had and, and less pragmatic. But um, I'll admit I've got a slight concern. Um, and hopefully it is just that, a slight concern, and it doesn't change. I think he's a bit stubborn. And I thought he made the changes in midfield too late today. And I think he's kind of ploughing on with a similar setup even when you can see it needs freshening up a little bit. Um, is he being a bit stubborn? Is a bit of concern with, with that? Or, or do you think, again, I'm being a bit harsh? Um, really, I wouldn't say it's stubborn. He's he's literally picking the players who are the tried and tested ones. And it's the ones who've got at least somewhat a bit of experience, except for Billy White. They're the ones who are unknowns. So he's maybe he's just thinking, do, do you throw these kids in, which is going to be a baptism of fire, really? And it's a bit of the unknown. And he'll get peppered if he, if he threw them in too early. I mean, they, they had a bad game or anything like that. Tony Mowbray would get absolutely like, rinsed off everyone. So I think, I wouldn't say he's stubborn. I just think he's, he's while we're in the predicament we're in with the, the lack of depth, he hasn't got a choice. I, I really don't. I, there's only maybe one or two changes that you could make. Um, one being Bailey Wright, and then you've got the likes of Roberts and Gooch to come back. And we will see changes. Trigium will come out. And it might freshen it up slightly. 
But we, like I've said, we need to get past these next four games. I can't see Sims. I know you said he might be back for Luton next week. Would you want to see him come back and then get an injury, which keeps him out a bit longer? Or do you just like literally think we go for it in these next four games? Anything can happen. And we just persevere with what we've got because we are playing good football. And it's just that final third now and again. There was times today, Jack Clark done it again like he done against Blackburn. He's running across the edge of the box. I know it came off well first half because we scored. When the second half just hit it. I'd much rather him hit it and a go five yards over the bar than not have an attempt at all because that's even more frustrating. I'm not sh- on Jack Clark actually. I'm not sure on him in the centre. Um, I feel, and I know it's slim pickings. I know it's either you put Pritchard there that didn't work. I tried Diallo there that didn't work. Um, but for me, it's not so much what Jack Clark does when he's in the centre. It's how much he he's taken away from the game. He, he does so much when he's on that left hand side. He he. He gets us up the pitch. He panics right backs because he's got to go both ways. And I just feel like when he's up front, he's spending too much time battling to try and win the ball and hold it up. I think when he gets the ball into him and you can just take his man on, that's where Jack Clark's best. But again, I, I suppose, you know, before I was saying that, maybe Craig and Tony Mobile, but you're probably right, mate. Like, what can he what can he do at the moment? He's been hamstrung, hasn't he? Like by not having what would a striker. You me, I would have signed a striker on deadline day, but that's not Tony yeah. Mowbray's job. <laughs> like, but, um, but I hate coming back to it because I know people are seeing the board of it now, but we said what would happen. And I know I don't think today's result can be blamed on it, but my worry since the beginning of that happening was we would stop, we would draw the games that we would probably win with a centre forward on the pitch. And we would lose the games we might hopefully draw with the centre forward on the pitch. Today is not in that inclusion because I think that was just down to individual mistakes from ourselves. But I feel like because of us, like Preston, Blackpool, those sort of games, even Swansea, you could say, you know, if there's a, a Ross Stewart or another Sims you could bring on later on, maybe we're going to nick the draw out with that. Maybe that's not the best example, but. I feel like slowly the confidence has been eroded from the fact that we look a bit toothless in a lot of games or you go, oh, if we had a striker, could X, Y, and Z have happened? And I feel like the confidence has been eroded a little bit and momentum's so massive in football. We've seen it with the way we went up last year. It was so massive, the momentum across the board between fans, staff, players, you felt it, but the momentum can swing the other way. And I was really worried that the kind of nothing to hit, literally no strikers having to play with 70 million midfielders would erode confidence funny because the results would be frustrating as opposed to horrendous. Um, and today's result, although it's got nothing to do with the strikers, to be fair, um, well, it might add some impact. You could say something could hold it up top, but you know, essentially, I think that's I think that's looking too far into it. Um Today is like a result where you go, oh, God, we've just chucked away two goal result. And I feel negative about it. Like, um, and I know people are going to give me pelters for that because um, I think people want to remain positive and, and I commend them for that. But I just, that was always my worry with the strikers thing that eventually confidence would erode. Um, 
Well, hopefully it won't. You know, I mean, obviously the, the, there's time. Um, we're four points off the bottom three, but we're five points off the top off the top six, Brad. So we're, we're, this could go either way. Um, final question, but the league is really tight. We said last week, four points we would literally snap your hand off. Two points we said we'd be happy with from Blackburn and Burnley. Um, we got zero, conceded six, scored two. Next up, we've got Luton, who would doing all right. They're another top 10 team away from home. And then we've got Huddersfield, they're currently bottom of the league. For me, just to keep our heads above water heading into the World Cup, I think we need at least three points from that to ensure that we're looking up the table and, and not down. How many points do you think we need not? And how many points do you think we'll get? Um, I think three is the minimum. Um, anything less than three then it could be panic stations, to be honest. Um, not completely, but anything less than three points because the way the league is at the minute, like you said, people are beating everyone. And my worry is we don't pick up at least three from these. We could be a point from the, the bottom three easily. And who knows then? You've got two more games before the World Cup after these two and... Oh, then, 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 then they'll become absolutely must win, and I don't want to be feeling like that. Only twenty games in the season, so yeah, like you said about today as well. I'm not angry. I, I sound like a dar. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> but I, I mean, can say that because I'll, 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 I'll the players are kids, so I can say I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I feel, I feel, I feel like I can normally laugh, but it's took the stuff at me a bit today. Like, um. Hopefully that'll, that'll fix soon. But I think looting away is tough, but it's not impossible. Um, hopefully Sims is back. I feel much more confident with Sims playing. I, I really like Sims. Um, I know some people aren't 100% on him. I, I really liked him from what I could see. Not Ross Stewart, but who is. Um, Huddersfield, I think we've got to win that. I think we've got to beat Huddersfield. Um, unless we beat Luton. I don't know if we will. I fancy us to get something at Luton. Um, we haven't gone three. I don't think we've had three defeats in a row this season. Um, I think, to be fair to the lads, as much as today was poor, I do think they've got a good mentality. I do think they fight for each other. So I think we could get something at Luton. And then Huddersfield still becomes really big. And then you've got Cardiff at home. The interesting thing is the league's that tight. We could be sitting here in three weeks' time and, and being like what we're worried about, seventh off top. Sixth off top or whatever, or we could be like, oh god, we're second bottom, um, and that's the kind of, you know, in such a divided world of football where everyone has this kind of opinion, there's very little nuance or balance. Sometimes, like, this is the worst kind of league table for it, <laughs> because if you're negative, you're going like me, you're going oh, four points, and if you're positive, you're going for five points of the playoffs. When realistically, we're just smack bang in the middle, probably because we're like the twelfth best side in the league, or maybe even better uh, without injuries but but ultimately I think not too downhearted and I think um, there was lots of positives today yeah there was lots of negatives which probably balanced it out but it doesn't feel like we're in trouble yet next few weeks could be but in, on the flip side there could also be we could be fine we could win a couple of games or two it's a pivotal point in the season, though, Brad, isn't it? It's a pivotal point where 
Um, I think we said it the other week, could could these next few games define where the league looks? I think these definitely will define are we going to be looking up or looking down the table this season? Um, and I don't mind finishing the middle and looking up. I just don't want to be finishing near the bottom and looking down all the time. I, I can't really be bothered with that. And I don't think this team and the quality that's within it deserves to be where they're at. Um, so are, are you feeling positive going in the next few weeks? I feel like I've been dead negative. Well, it is what it is. Um, the two away games and we play better away from home. That's all. That's mm. that's keeping my up. That's my positive positivity at the minute. Um, do I think that we can go there and get six points off these teams? Absolutely. There's not. There's no reason why we can't. Well, there is one reason we haven't got strikers. But <laughs> based on how we play, um. We're more than capable of going and get six points from these two or four points, but we're also more than capable of going away and getting zero or getting one. Um, both games we're going to have a big following there, so hopefully the fans can do their bits like they have all season. To be honest, um, yeah. again, fan the crowd there today, excellent. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay positive because I've still seen enough from the team itself that. We have got enough in us. If we get the likes of Gooch back and Roberts back, possibly even Sims on the bench, but I still don't believe he will be. Yeah, we, we, we do have the talent there. We do. And, and anyone that says we don't, it's just been a bit stupid, to be honest. Um, I, think we're, I think we do have talent. Yeah, I agree. Like we said, right? Like we said, we'd be, we'd be more than happy with this come the end of the season. It's the fact that these players have got us in such a good position and then it's just sort of dipped. That's the frustration because we know where we could have been. Um, but the, the, these are the same group of players minus one or two that gave us that great start. So there's no reason at all why they can't give us a good middle of the season now. Well, there is a reason again. No strikers. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. There is something in them, so there's no there's no stopping them going to do that. But time will tell. We'll, we'll just see what happens. Right, thanks so much for joining me. It wasn't always the, the easiest one to do. I didn't really fancy doing it, but we commit to the cause, don't we? Um, people have stopped listening to the preview shows, so please like, subscribe, and um, and tune in, or I might just stop it. All right, there's your warning. Um, but yeah, thanks for thanks for tuning in, and then. Enjoy weekend um, on a serious note and then um, fingers crossed it'll be much more positive next week.